DraftKings Best Ball Breakdown. We got the Raiders and Colts. This is episode 15. DFS. My name is Tyson Smith, joined by Ellie Hernandez. Ellie, we are so close here. This is, what is it, Sunday the 3rd? We are getting very close. Why is Siri going off? Screw you, Siri. Um, Raiders, Colts, episode 15. We got two more of these to do. We're going to bust these out back to back. We waited a little bit on this to kind of see what was going on with Jonathan Taylor. I think we're at a standstill. There's really, we don't really have any further information. Um, there is some, you know, injury news to talk about, obviously, here. Um, but before we get to that, thoughts on each one of these teams individually, like Raiders. What, what is your outlook on them this this season? They, you know, they got Jimmy G. Uh, they still have a very talented team. Um, so this team, I feel like, has a pretty high ceiling. But it just seems to me like this is like a 500-type team or potentially below. But I think that they, if they have big seasons from Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams, and if Garoppolo is is like an above-average quarterback, this team could be in the playoffs. What do you think? I, I, I would agree if they were in any other division. The problem is they play in the AFC West. They're going to have to deal with uh, at least uh, 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 Pat Mahomes and Justin Herbert. Uh, and then I really think that Denver is going to have a much better season than they had last year. So yeah. if they were in the NFC West, they'd be a lock for the playoffs. <laughs> um, I think that's, that's a good way to kind of put it into perspective. Or maybe they'd be battling it out with San Fran, but uh, not in this division. And then um, Indy, I think it's kind of the – the same thing. I don't, I don't know if their divisions any, it's not really much better, but I don't know. There's still a lot of question marks. Um, I think uh, Jonathan Taylor really sets them back a little bit here, right? There's a reason why some of these other guys weren't starting. Um, so again, I think both these teams are probably, they're in that, that like dead range, right? Where you never want to be as a team where you're not good enough to make the playoffs and you're not, uh, you know, bad enough to get a decent draft pick. So I don't know. I think these are both 500 teams. That's the easiest uh, or the best uh, projected outlook I can give them. Well, in Indy's your local sort of team where you're where you're at uh, in Indiana. Um, I, I obviously, if you're listening to sports talk and local stuff, people will have to be absolutely pissed with this whole situation with Jim Irsay and you know Jonathan Taylor. To me, I feel like like obviously Jonathan Taylor is on the four week pu- um, pup, um, and after that he could come back. To me, I feel like in, the Colts are waiting around for a, a contending team to have an injury or have some sort of issue with their running back so that they can overspend to get Jonathan Taylor out of, out of just pure desperation. Um, and if you're Jonathan Taylor and you don't get traded by those four weeks, just come back and play. Because like you were saying before we got on the show, it doesn't count towards his service year. You know, he's st- he would still have the con- contractual issues that he's dealing with. It doesn't solve anything to sit the year out at all. Come out, play. Hopefully you can move on to a team next year. But as of right now, when it comes to injuries, so obviously there's tons of stuff to talk about with Jonathan Taylor. Who's going who's gonna to play? Who, who's going to get all those snaps? There, there's a lot of those snaps to go around. Obviously, Anthony Richardson... Um, has huge upside. I mean, huge upside this year. He could go through some growing pains, but like based on the preseason, he looks like a competent dude, and and his speed out there is just next level. But when it comes to running backs for this team, you're not doing Anthony Richardson any help or any favors by not having Jonathan Taylor out there. I mean, Zach Moss had a broken forearm earlier in camp. He could be back week one. 
he could be back week two. But nobody's drafting Zach Moss. He's going around 209. I know that's about 20 spots up from in June, obviously, because we're dealing with the, with the Jonathan Taylor news. But guys, you know, guys like Deion Jackson are the ones that are getting drafted and have moved up 60 spots. And you also have Evan Hall getting drafted. I rarely see Zach Moss getting drafted, even though he could be back week one. And we know what to expect from Zach Moss. He's a slightly average, maybe slightly above average NFL running back. But we know what to expect from him. These other guys, I don't quite know what to expect. So thoughts on Zach Moss here with this injury. It's a broken forearm. Uh, it's not like he has a hamstring injury or an Achilles injury or something like that. Like he can recover from that. So uh, am I missing something with the Zach Moss? Uh, I don't think you are. I, I just think um, there was a lot going on with this whole situation. I think it's just been terribly handled by uh, Indianapolis in general. So like the only thing that I can possibly think of is uh, one of these guys is ready to go and they're confident in, or they're going to be able to yeah, add somebody. I really think that at some point in the season, Kareem Hunt's going to end up signing um, with uh, Indianapolis, but even adding a guy like Leonard Fournette, somebody who can carry the ball 25, 30% of the time. And you rotate in Zach Moss you know, Deion Jackson, whole, whatever, whoever the fuck these guys are, right? You can kind of just rotate them in. Um, I think you can just limit their overall exposure uh, uh, to, to the game in general. Um, I, I expect JT to come back. Uh, now, he does have some minor lingering uh, health concerns. Um, I don't think it's entirely out of the question for him to have a, a surgery, if you will. Um, and, you know, it could be something as small as like a, even a bone spur, right? Stuff like that. I'm not saying this This is something that I've heard that he, he's got a bone spur, but like something like that's really easy to fix and it can sideline you for an amount of time. I think if um, they end up putting him on IR, I think that does count a little bit differently towards his contract situation, right? So there is some leverage plays that he does have um, at his disposal. But again, that comes down to like how how much you're gonna risk this. You willing to sacrifice an entire season for this? So um I don't know, man. Like I, I know we're kind of getting into narratives here um covering the injuries, but it's something that we're gonna have to keep in mind. And uh, the problem is, is these backs aren't starting for a reason. So when you get into this other backfield, like the other pieces of this backfield, yeah, you you might have some fantasy value, but also like are they any fucking good? Like are they gonna do anything? Totally. That's my question. That's why I think Zach Moss is like a competent dude. Like, I, I think that he's the guy that would get the obvious number one run. Now, does Deion Jackson or Evan Hall do those guys as like a number two, like a 60-40 split them on the 40 side? Did, is that still good va- fantasy value? Yeah, probably. I haven't touched these dudes the whole summer because I have no clue what's going to happen. There's high upside there, but also these dudes could barely see the field. Uh, The only other guy to talk about here is Jelani Woods. He's on the four-week IR with a hamstring injury. He re-aggravated that. So you got guys like Kylan Granson and Mo Alley-Cox as your options. I haven't been touching any of these Colts um, tight ends as of right now. I'm just kind of avoiding it. Let's get into narratives. So we kind of briefly talked about this. Obviously, Jimmy G now is here. Um, Devonte Adams, there's been, there was some rumors that he was unhappy, you know, and I think that's all been sorted out. Um, he's come out and said like, no, we're good. Like, let's, let's, let's do this. And also we got Josh Jacobs and his, his issues, um, earlier in camp or earlier in the summer, we thought this could be a Jonathan Taylor situation, but they, they did give him a one-year deal. They signed him slightly, I think slightly above what, what his, um, what his, uh, 
cat. Uh, well, why am I blanking on this? Well, well, he was under the um, his uh, uh, franchise tag. Sorry, I, bl- I blanked on that. He, he's on the franchise. He was on the franchise tag. They signed him to a one year, slightly above that. <clears throat> thoughts on um, thoughts on the situation in Vegas, though, man. Like, we'll get into the breakdown here in a second. But uh, Devontae Adams and Jonathan J- uh, Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs as your two top guys, man. That's that's pretty damn impressive, you know. Yeah, man. Um, so I, I, I think, uh, I think they have a pretty good opportunity to be a good offense here. Um, uh, the issue is, is just, I don't know how dedicated Josh Jacobs is. Yeah. He's getting paid. Um, he got one of those, uh, uh, like Saquon Barkley type of contracts. It's a little bit more than what you're getting on the tag. Um, but it's incentive laden, right? And I know you want to show off that you deserve money, but at the same time, like, that was last year. Like you already showed you deserve the money. I get taking those incentive laden contracts. Like you, you're just at risk of hurting yourself. Now you absolutely have to rush the ball, you know, 250 times or you're not going to be involved. So I don't know, man. Uh, I'm curious to see how it works out. And I honestly think that this team, if it doesn't go right, like you could see something like Devonte Adams get traded to the jets. They still have the cap room to make that work. So like, I, I think that he could end up demanding out by the trade deadline. If, if this season goes sideways pretty quickly. So new players to talk about. Um, Raiders obviously drafted Michael Mayer. Um, on paper right now, it looks like Austin Hooper is the, is the guy, but Mayer has some decent upside, and we saw him catch quite a few passes. Like He's kind of in this like tight end slash slot receiver sort of role that, a lot of the, like, that we're seeing a lot, especially with these rookie tight ends that are coming in. We're kind of seeing that quite a bit. Um, and, and obviously we talked, you know, Anthony Richardson is the starter, and you got Gardner Minshew backing him up. You got a guy like Aiden O'Connell who's looked good in preseason, who I wouldn't mind taking a you know a twentieth round shot at him if you're trying to complete a stack or something. Um, he could come in and play. We we know about Jimmy G's injury history, and we know that Jimmy G is a above average game manager and can get you into the playoffs. But he's not going to be anything sexy. So if this season goes downhill real quick. Maybe they throw Aiden O'Connell in there and give him a shot, but it's not somebody I'm really targeting. All right, let's get into the uh, breakdown. Let's do it. Break it down. All right, so Devontae Adams going at pick 16. Um, it's kind of interesting to me. Um, I don't know. It, uh, Devontae Adams at 16, I feel like he should be going a lot higher, but there was, there was some issues earlier you know in camp and this there's some question marks with him so at pick 16 i'm always going to take him there and i'm not really reaching for him but earlier in the summer i was getting him you know at the end of the first round uh beginning of the second round which was completely fine but when it comes to josh jacobs here um there was a there was a lot of time there that he was plummeting because we didn't know what his situation was going to be um and now you got jonathan taylor absolutely dropping like a mofo man 42 picks and that's going to continue like i've been seeing him go in the 70 80 range and i've been i've been letting it push um 70 80 range and if he's if he's available there if he's like your third running back i I have no problem taking some jonathan taylor and and risking it uh with the upside there so, Ellie, thoughts on, you know, l- let's talk about Josh Jacobs. How much Josh Jacobs do you have? How much Devontae Adams do you have? Devontae Adams going at the, that 16 range, that feels very low. I know there's some question marks here, but he, this is still Devontae Adams, dude. Last year, he had 100 receptions, 1,500 yards, 14 touchdowns. Like, 
He's probably going to do something similar to that this year, and he's probably pretty much a guaranteed high floor, right? Yeah, I love Devontae Adams. Um, I wasn't necessarily getting to as much of him earlier on, but now that he's in that 16 range, like it's so hard to not take him. So uh, I have a couple slow drafts. Uh, I'm expecting that to boost my numbers up. I think I'm sitting close to like eight, nine percent for Devontae Adams. But again, some of those picks in those, the, you know, the top 15 to 20, you just it, it really depends on where you land for your draft pick. Um, but outside of him, man, I don't have much Josh Jacobs, much uh, Jonathan Taylor. Uh, the Josh Jacobs, I I'm, I don't want to be over dramatic here. I love my Alabama guys, but uh, last season was kind of crazy. Like it, it, those kinds of seasons don't happen for running backs very often. And Jacobs has been in the league for a little while, right? Like we, I, I would expect more consistent flashes from him if that's really who he is. Uh, maybe that that is who he is, but I wasn't really kind of trying to take the risk on it. And again, maybe he's a second round pick at this point. So you you, you got to believe that he's going to get you there. And the, the same with Jonathan Taylor. I just think that there was other backs available. Now, I did get Jonathan Taylor at pick uh, 91 in one of my most recent drafts. So yeah. that's the other thing. Like you you, you said, if uh, you're getting him as your RB3 or RB4, like by all means, go ahead. Oh, right. Yeah. So I already had some, uh, some decent running backs in that draft. But if you're going to let him slip to 91, that's fine. It's not costing me anything. He's in a weird range anyways. I'm usually taking wide receiver five or six there anyway, so it doesn't hurt to get RB3. And look, let's just um, say let's just say you're going McCaffrey or Nick Chubb or Saquon. You have that anchor running back in the first round, and then you kind of forget about running back up until those later rounds, maybe round nine or ten. I mean, shit, Jonathan Taylor has a number two behind those guys and, and then fill it in at like kind of like a zero running back from, from then on out. I don't know, man. Like I actually do see some upside to that. Because I think he's going to come back this year at a certain point, and he he has no reason to not come back. Um, Pittman, look, I don't. I, okay, before we get to Pittman though, how much Devonte Adams Jacobs stacks like starting off the draft do you have? I have a couple, but it's kind of hard to get to these guys. And to me, like it, it's a nice way to start it off because you have two dudes who are probably going to be in the top five of their position group. Um, but like, I, I just haven't been getting to that a lot. What do you think? Yeah, I don't have any of that. Um, I it, for me, it's just a little bit too much capital putting in a, a you know wide receiver running back the same team. I think the only team that I've done that with is uh, the Lions, and that's because I was getting uh, Gibbs uh, at thirty plus. It was before he kind of really moved up. I think it was closer to like uh, thirty five to forty. Um, but otherwise, like I, I'm just too much of a, a bitch, I guess, to, to sort of take Devontae Adams in round one and Josh Jacobs round two. But I, I agree with you. I think it's solid, especially if that offense does get things to click. If Jimmy G is Jimmy G and survives the season, they could easily both be top five at their position. So Michael Pittman earlier in the summer um, was going kind of in that like Drake London range. Like he was like he was higher up. Um, even more so than 65, like earlier on. Then he had a little bit of an injury that people weren't, you know, were kind of scared of. And then he dropped. And now he's in the 78 range, you know, 80 range. That feels a little bit low to me. Like, what am I missing with Michael Pittman Jr.? I've kind of just kind of forgotten about him in that range, to be honest. But earlier on in the summer, I was getting to more of him, especially if I started off with the Raider. But the nice thing here is, you can grab him in what is it the seventh round? You can grab him and then turn right back around, uh, you know, a round or two later and grab Anthony Richardson as a nice little stack there. And then you got plenty of other indie indie players to to stack him with later on. You got Alec Pierce, you got Michael Mayer, 
Um, you got some pretty good options. Josh Downs at the very end of the draft. Um, so thoughts on this this uh, indie stack here? I I do think Richardson. Like I'm not I'm not like super heavy on him, but I I definitely have like seven or eight percent of him because I think hell the dude can absolutely crush this year, or he can just have a below average season. But it's worth a risk, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, his ADP has has been fairly consistent too. So I'll be honest. Earlier on, I wasn't getting a lot of uh, MPJ or or uh, Anthony Richardson, and that just had to be with uh, who MPJ was kind of uh, built around. And uh, earlier on, there was rumors that Minshew might end up starting the first couple of weeks, and that uh, AR was pretty raw. So uh, you know, some of that was going on. But uh, Anthony Richardson stays the same in ADP, and even with the Jonathan Taylor news, um, you still have uh, Michael Pittman junior slipping so now that's causing me to get a little bit more exposure to, to mpj because uh th- these are the uh, other guys that are around him you got jordan addison uh going ahead of him rashad white and mike evans like obviously if addison or evans are available i might be looking at them but even then i might still be looking at mpj over mike evans a little bit now yeah mpj is a little bit younger yeah mike evans is uh on a very he's in an interesting situation i mean he's still mike evans but we can do that on the tampa bay show next yeah um but uh, I, I like Michael Pittman Jr., man. And to your point, he's easy to stack with uh, um, Anthony Richardson. You can get a second uh, wide receiver, pass catcher from that team. Um, the tight ends are free because of the J- they were free when Jelani Woods, Jelani Woods was still uh, uh, not hurt. Right, they're still free. You can get Mo Ali Cox. You can get um, Kyle Granson, Kylan Granson, whatever the fuck his name is. <laughs> um, right, so like it's a really easy to, a way to stack that. And if you are a, a proponent of stacking with uh, running it back with Las Vegas, Vegas has a lot of alternate runbacks you can do. Right, Michael Mayer is uh, cheap as hell, um, and then uh, what is it? Jacoby Myers is still in that one thirty range. Which is a little interesting. I think he's yeah. probably a little higher than he needs to be. Um, but uh, Michael Mayer is just an easy, easy person to stack with uh, uh, the the indie indie uh, stacks. Yeah, absolutely. He, he's nice to grab as you know your second tight end or even your third there, depending on how the draft went for you earlier. So you know, let's talk about this: Jacoby Myers, Michael Mayer, Hunter Renfro. Uh, these are very easy ways to grab a Jimmy G a little bit later. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like Jimmy G was in the two hundred range. Now he's up to 180. Um, I think we're just, you know, realizing, okay, well, he's healthy. You know, there was that whole controversy about his physical and he couldn't pass that and blah, blah, blah. Once we realize, all right, this guy's playing, that's when it spiked a bit. But Jimmy G as a third as a third quarterback, um, you know, pair, you know, get Devontae Adams in the first round or get get Josh Jacobs or, you know, so second round, get Josh Jacobs in the, in the third round and bring it back with a little little uh, Garoppolo mayor <laughs> towards the end of your draft. Uh, so thoughts on on Zamir White here. He obviously has he's moved up. He moved up quite a bit because of Josh Jacobs. We were unsure about him now that Josh Jacobs is going to play. Do you have any interest in Zamir White? Because, look, they still have Abdullah. That, like, I know Zamir White is a pretty damn good second option here. Um, I just don't know what to expect from from these backups. And it, f- it feels like, to me, they're going to use and abuse Josh Jacobs again this year. So thoughts on him? Yeah, I think they're going to beat the shit out of Josh Jacobs. I think it's fine getting a little bit of Zamir White. Um Mir Abdul. I know we got fell into that trap a little bit last year, but uh, I, I don't think I'm getting into the Mir Abdul uh, trap this year. Um, and, and you know, similar to the wide receiver spot, though, I just think there's other guys that you probably should have been getting to. 
uh, before this point, if you need to draft one of these guys, I think I would probably lean to the Las Vegas side of the running uh, back pool just because it's so much shorter there. And we know that they're going to be forced to uh, run one of the three guys that they have. Um, and they are actually going to have an up- upside right now. I just don't know if he needs to be reaching for Vegas. I think it was fine when we had question marks about Jacobs, but even then, like you still had a pretty good idea that these guys aren't going to get much run. I know we talked about uh, already, you know, this Deion Jackson situation, these, these backup indie guys. I just don't really have much of any Deion Jackson. Like where are you at exposure wise to him? I have none. I have none. Maybe I have one. I, yeah. I don't think I have any though. I, I like I. I've been doing so much zero running back or anchor running back that uh, like by this time I've already targeted a couple other running backs just because yeah. I have to compensate for not having quite enough. You know. Yeah. Now, now, last thing I want to talk about here is Indy's pass catchers. So Alec Pierce, uh, Josh Downs. Uh, Josh Downs looked pretty decent in camp. Like I think he had some some nice little highlight catches in camp. Um, I think he's a decent option at the end of the draft, but you know, a guy like Isaiah McKenzie coming over from Buffalo, he got released and I was like, what the hell is going on here? I thought, okay, maybe they'll sign him to the practice squad. He got released. And then like a day later, they signed him to the active, active roster. The reason I bring this up is they just don't have a lot of depth at the wide receiver position. They got MPJ, Alec Pierce, Josh Downs. Those are the starters. And then you got Isaiah McKenzie as a backup with Ashton Doolin on IR. So there's just not a lot of pass catching options for this team. So I feel like a guy like Josh Downs, he's going to start. They they're going to need to use him. This is a season, you know, I'm not comparing this to like a Cardinal situation, but this is a season where they're going to let these rookies try to learn as much as possible. Obviously, they're, they're starting um a rookie quarterback. So I- any interest in Downs and, you know, what do you think about McKenzie here at the end of the draft and we'll move on to a lineup? Yeah, I don't mind. Uh, I don't mind McKenzie. Um, he's free, uh, but you know, Josh, Josh, uh, Josh Downs. He's he's essentially free too, and he is going to end up getting a little bit of run in the offense. Um, and then uh, what is it, Alec Pierce? I think that's the other guy. He's been a little bit more popular, obviously, just because it's probably more clear he'll be the number two. Downs is more likely going to be the speed guy, um, a third wide receiver. I don't know if he's going to be worked into the offense all that much. Uh, but uh, with the amount of RPOs that they're going to be running, uh, you know that that's the kind of play that opens up these dumbass uh, quick slants for guys like Downs. to just like All I can think of is you know John Brown with one of his stupid-ass fucking routes just right off of a play action, you know, getting hit down the middle and busting it out. So like that's something that I could see from Josh Downs. If you have Anthony Richardson and Michael Pittman Jr. and you're looking for a 20th round pick I think all three of these guys are in play but are probably uh looking more to downs than anybody else Hunter and uh Hunter Renfro does scare me a bit um you know he's he's getting to that age we saw a big downfall from him last year as as far as he just he was hurt didn't look too good I think he has decent upside but like I don't know if he's the same player. So uh, you see you've seen his ADP drop quite a bit and I, I kind of agree with that. I'm not really touching him that much. Let's look at a lineup here that I that I did a couple maybe this is like a week ago. I don't remember exactly, but it was it was relatively recent. I got Austin Eckler at pick 7, went to Vontae Adams at pick 18. He fell a little bit to me. Um this is a uh Chargers and Vegas stacks here. So we got Jimmy G in the 15th round. 
along with Hunter Renfro there to fill that out, as well as Devontae Adams. And then you got a run back of MPJ here. So as you can see, I got Austin Eckler. I got Devontae Adams. I just gra- I was grabbing the top end wide receivers. Got Devontae Smith, five picks passed. Got DJ Moore, four picks passed. Grabbed Herbert at six picks passed. And then, you know, Michael Pittman's that right there at ADP. I grabbed him at, at setting up this, you know, indie Vegas stack, whether it be Richardson that I can grab, or obviously I wasn't able to grab Richardson, so I just grabbed Jimmy G a little bit later. I had to reach at him, you know, for five picks. Look, I don't care about doing that kind of stuff when it comes to quarterbacks, like especially when you have a 11 pick difference when you're going from pick 175 to 186 i know he's not going to be there so i'm just going to reach at him a little bit thoughts on this um this lineup here your boy quentin johnson is is here with my charger stacks uh thoughts on this one overall uh the only thing i would say it's just uh you know really heavy on uh lac but uh i like it um i think this is this is great especially because uh, guy like Josh Palmer is going to get involved if uh, we see any injuries from Mike Williams or Keenan Allen. Like I think Quentin Johnson is just going to be a part of the offense. KJ just normal. Josh Palmer is the guy that's going to get some extra run. But no, man, I like it. If you're going to commit, commit to it. But uh, Devontae Adams, MPJ, that's a fun stack, man. Especially with MPJ slipping now, it's just so easy to get a little more of him. All right, so I don't even think we need any final thoughts here. We've we've pretty much said everything humanly possible about both of these teams there's a lot of question marks i'm still getting expo- plenty of exposure and the la- actually the last thing we should talk about here is this this matchup will be in a dome it'll be in a controlled weather situation for week 17 there's not a ton of these matchups and stacks out there that you can get that are for sure going to be in in solid weather uh, you have that detroit one as well but this one this one is interesting to me it gets a boost because of that um situation as well as the opportunity for you know a garbage fire from either one of these teams where they just go out and they're throwing the ball like crazy losing all the time ellie anything else to talk about here we're going to be doing our final show it's new orleans and tampa bay we're doing that actually right after we wrap this so expect that soon ellie send us off uh, I don't have anything to add. Draft Michael Pittman Jr. if he's drafting or if he's dropping. And then Jonathan Taylor, if he's in triple digits, man, just fuck it. Do it. Why not? Yep. All right. See you guys later. Uh-